You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 321 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good, good. What's been happening in your world? You guys have had, I think, like nine donut days for those people who don't know what donut days are. Ten donut days. Uh, (laughs) So the state of Victoria has had ten donut days, which means zero donut uh, new cases of coronavirus by community transmission, which is pretty fantastic, which means that um, the lockdown that you guys endured obviously had a good impact. Um, And so I imagine that the state of Victoria is out and about right now where you live. It's so exciting. And then just on the donuts, I've got to lay off the donuts because I'm starting to get a little mm-hmm. veranda over the tool shed. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's been fantastic. There's a really beautiful vibe around Melbourne. I've been out and about. I've been out shooting. I've been out visiting people. It's just joyous to, to come out of that. And then, you know, I've also spent like the last five days straight glued to the TV watching the um, the election results coming in. But you know what? It's like it took too long, Val, and it's too confusing. <laughs> I think I've got a better system for elections. Go on. Rock, what is it? paper, scissors. <laughs> Best of three. So you just you get the, the opposition lead, you know, each each leader either side. This will work in Australia, UK, Europe, everywhere. And it's <laughs> like they stand off, right? And it's the best of three. And you have like the whole world can be watching. And it's like, okay, ready, set, go. Rock, paper, scissors. Best of three, winner take all. Don't you think? It'd be over in a second. Well, yes, it would save a lot of money as well, but that is not how democracy works, Gina. Really? No. (laughs) Guess that's why I'm not in politics, nor am I an expert, and that's why I talk about photography, Val. All right, well, we want to give a big shout-out to Dave, who kindly um, posted a message on Facebook, and he said, I have listened to Gina Malicious podcast for the last three weeks, while driving the highways and byways of New England, about 200 so far, (laughs) 200 episodes. Um, I like listening to Gina and Valerie go on about nothing. (laughs) 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 But the biggest aha moment I had was in episode 20, get off auto master manual mode in 30 minutes. Wow, everything I have learned over 20 to 30 years of shooting just whacked me in the head. I've been trying to get through a course about getting off auto with no luck. Boring. Now, before episode 20, I I used to shoot auto A or shutter, never on manual. But my first stop after episode 20, I put it on M, played a bit, and shot my first manual portrait, and my second, and my third, 
awesome Bang. day. Fantastic. Just a fantastic day. So Dave's in the Goldies as well now. He's just joined. So um, got quite a few truck drivers that listen to yes. the show. And I guess it makes sense because cool. you've got hours and hours to fill. Yeah. Uh, so they're all, like a lot of uh, drivers are avid podcast listeners and we've got a lot that listen to the show. And there's, uh, I think we've got about... Um, several in the uh the gold yeah, community yeah. as it's well great. so that, that's really cute yeah i'm hoping to uh get across there at some point and because i just want to drive in the cabin val and do the horn <laughs> okay that sure. just would make me so happy i would love i think if i wasn't a photographer i'd like to be a truck driver okay just i can't it out really there. picture it um Why not? although when i get into your car which is like a hummer it's practically it's like getting into a truck <laughs> and I have to hoist myself up. Um, but, yes, one day, Gina, when you're able to travel internationally, hopefully that day is not too far away. Um, crossed. So thank you, Dave, for posting that message on Facebook and welcome to the Gold Community. If you're wondering what the Gold Community is, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. I'm passionate about helping the members of the Gold community. They're wonderful photographers and I love seeing them progress in leaps and bounds. Here's what Lucy Valentine had to say. I definitely have done some wonderful work, but I think that a lot of it was, oopsie, look, look at what happened. I got that great shot and I don't know how. <laughs> and and now, now I have an understanding of how to get the shot. And I am, as you say, you know, I'm preconceiving what I want to do and setting things up so that I can get that. I feel much more in control of the outcome. I feel more capable of saying yes to a lot of different opportunities. And, and I think that saying yes was the very first advice that I took from you. Things that used to frighten me, like d different types of light or even different locations. I used to stick to one outdoor location. They're not even a remote fear of mine anymore. One of the things that I really was lacking before joining the Gold community was uh, peer group and mentors. Being in this group, I feel like these people and you are right next to me. You are so there and available to all of us. Now that I'm getting to know a bunch of the members, it's just wonderful. You know, at this place, you can find your tribe. Me to be able to cheer them on and them to cheer me on. Everyone has everyone else's best interests and opportunities to learn at heart. I'm getting definite value out of this that, I, um, that I'm so happy about. So thank you for that. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so this week's topic is pretty cool, documentary photography with our guest Ian Weldon. What can you tell us about Ian, Gina? Well, we first chatted with documentary photographer Ian Weldon back in episode uh, two. Uh, well, One, back nine, in 2008, yeah, 2018, back in March then. So it's been quite a while uh, since we've chatted. And at the time uh, when we last chatted, Ian was just beginning to enjoy some success and recognition for his documentary style of shooting weddings. Now, there was like a lot of maybe traditional photographers that probably didn't like it as much, but the fact that um, – 
Ian had such a unique and uh, you know incredible smile and style, and he really niched down. Meant that his work stood out and people started noticing. So his little uh, clique of clients, the people who loved his work, really loved it, and and, uh, Mm. he was getting booked all over the place. And uh, since we last chatted, he was contacted by, get this, imagine, like, who would be your writing idol, Val, or your artist idol? Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis would be my writing idol. Idol. He's an American and, author who wrote, you know, things like Moneyball and The Big Short and stuff like that. Right. Okay. So imagine if uh, you got you uh, check your email one day and there's an, an email from from him saying, mm. "Hey, got a project you want to work on this with me." You you would lose it, right? Yeah. Lose How exciting. It. Yeah. So you know, imagine that. That's what happened to Ian when um, Martin Parr reached out to him, who's an incredible documentary photographer, and Mm. I suggest you um, Google him and check out his work. Uh, It's it's awesome. And they set up an exhibition together. He's gone on to do a book and um, and then – this like amazingly this show that he did was the first exhibition of wedding photography in a fine art gallery in the UK ever so and then we also chat about you know the importance of developing uh, your own style and the internal versus external motivation uh, dealing with quarantine so he's just about he's in the UK so uh, he's just about to go back into quarantine after having come out for a little while and then how he dealt with that sort of rapid success and he also talks about the importance of studying art history and also the importance of uh, doing your own personal projects and then the transition because he's now moved from shooting documentary style weddings to being recognized by some of the top advertising agencies in the country and so now he's shooting commercial work as well so he talks about how he got hired by some of the top art directors in the world so we we, we get into it a lot i think uh, i think you guys will enjoy it so shall we have a listen absolutely ian weldon welcome back to the show how are you I'm very good. I'm very good. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. It's been um, so start of 2018. So uh, you know, you know, two and a half years odd, and it's uh, like if you can, 2020 mm. is kind of like dog years. It feels like it's been three years long for, <laughs> for most of us. So for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with you, Ian, uh, where in the world are you? First off. I am in uh, Newcastle, Northern England. Fantastic. And um, have you guys just gone back into lockdown? Yeah, we have. Um, yeah. A, a four-week lockdown four uh, weeks. started yesterday. Yeah. Right. And uh, so is that like uh, the one that we just we just came out of the longest one in the world? Like, I think we were locked how, down how for long was that? nine weeks or something like that. And it was oh, um, really? 5K limit for the first uh, first few weeks 5k limit could only go out once to get um food or to exercise mm-hmm. for 30 minutes and masks mandatory mask wearing but mm-hmm. we got we got it down from uh i think 800 cases to zero we've had zero cases for the last week so um okay. Where, whereabouts in australia in you? melbourne right okay yeah, yeah yeah so um 
are you like allowed no work for you at the moment um, um uh, or unless um, you've got a permit it's slightly different i mean the first lockdown um, we had which was i don't know i think that might have been longer than nine weeks the first uk lockdown um um it was as, as you just mentioned you could go out for uh, one exercise a day an hour um yeah. everything was everything was closed um, and it was only essential shops, uh, supermarkets, which is a bit, I think, or supermarkets being essential, but local stores not being essential yeah. is a little bit of a hit. Yeah. Um, for the again another hit for the high street, I think. Yeah. Um, but this time it is, it's kind of the same. I think there are more things open. Um, I think we can. There's uh, social bubbles you can have with another household, right? Uh, which I think is good for people who live alone. Um, and it's not as strict. And as far as work is concerned, if it is work and if we are producing something, then um, we can go ahead under um, whatever guidelines um, they have at the time. Right. So social distancing, masks, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, we still can work. It's just unfortunately that there's no work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. So um, when we last spoke, um, you were just kind of um, coming into like a bit of an exciting time. You were getting recognised as a documentary mm-hmm. photographer. There was a lot of buzz and hype around you. But like from from then, things really got hot for you. It was like very cool to watch. So um, let's have a chat about what's been happening in the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Starting with, uh, you were uh, recognised. So, how did you come to meet Martin Parr? Because you, absolutely, <laughs> that's one of your heroes, right? So, I just well, like, yeah, you, you, like, and his work's amazing, and I can see, uh, you know, that a little bit of an influence there in your work. But, but for everyone listening, what's that like to to be contacted? <laughs> I want you, you yeah, know, well, heroes. It must it be is, amazing. It was quite a bizarre thing. Um, round about that time, obviously I shoot weddings in my own, I would, I don't know if we can call it inimitable way. It is. You do have uh, a very, very distinct style. Like I could look at your photos and I know they're yours. I can just tell. Like it's very unique <laughs> the way you do it, even though it's like there are lots of documentary photographers. It's the... How you see, I guess, is how like that 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 decisive moment that you choose over, say, another um, photographer. I mean, I see there's a lot of uh, a bit of tongue. Just the way you you see the world is uniquely you, Ian. <laughs> well, just like enjoy yourself, man. Exactly. You know, like, why does you were, everything have to be so serious? All you the time? and there is a like a you, you are you, you are like having a laugh and a wink. That's what I, how I see your photos, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I, I, for the most part, especially weddings. I mean, I, it's no secret that I, I did start to shoot weddings. Yep. To make money to work on other projects. Yes. At the time, I think maybe that's ten years ago now. Yeah. I didn't really understand what um, a documentary project was. Right. Um, I just had an idea that I would like to go and make some stories and shoot. Um, shoot stories and uh, it felt as though I could easily make money shooting weddings to to, to fund that. Yeah. It turns out because of my interest in photography history, 
I was starting to, and I was about 10 years ago, I was really getting um, deep into that. And I started to apply lessons learned to wedding photography and weddings became a project in themselves. Right. And I'm doing that. I, I, I sort of feel like I'm bashing my head against a brick wall because the wedding photography community are kind of, that's not how it should be done. Yeah. But it couldn't be, it wasn't really taken seriously by anything outside of that because it was still perceived as wedding photography. Right. And I think that maybe a couple of years ago when we last spoke, I was at a point where I, oh, maybe I'm finished with weddings, I try my hand at something else, um, start to work on more documentary projects, and then one morning I get an email from Martin Park. <laughs> and it's like, did you think, and, and, oh, hang on, one of my friends is pranking me, or did like, what do you do? Like, it just well, it's kind, of, it, it was kind of odd because I'm scrolling through my emails um, <laughs> on a morning. Uh, Helen's up getting ready for work, um, and the, it, 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 something along the lines of I was speaking at a photography conference in Barcelona. And um, I didn't realize it was wedding photo- mostly wedding photographers until I got there. Right. And it was just like, okay, somebody's going to ask me what gear I use. Can, <laughs> they, can they have a preset? Because it doesn't happen. It, it happens often enough for me to be suspicious of anybody being yeah. at wedding photography conferences and then contacting me. Yeah. So I <clears throat> scroll through a few more emails and go back to it and it reads, uh, as I said, and um, it, he'd said somebody had mentioned, um, because he'd shown work that he'd shot at weddings, and then he was trying to, um, I suppose, say that try and shoot it in your own way and think about your relationship to the subject rather than it just being a commercial venture. Mm. And my name was mentioned a couple of times, apparently, um, and he'd said, um, I had a look at your folio, you're doing some great work, we should meet. Martin Parr, I'm like, what? Like, Martin Parr? I'm like, Helen, Martin Parr sent me a fucking email. Like, do you know what like, it, it was so, it's, it's kind of surreal because yeah. if, if I go back, when I was, went to photo school, before I dropped out of photo school, yeah. um, I was shown um, the work of Martin Parr and Bruce Gilden and, you know, all of these kind of, great document like Helen Levitt and yeah. this street photography kind of style and I'm like that's not what I was told photography was right this isn't there's no shallow depth of field there's no model there's no beautiful sunset there's no it's like that's and it was all messy and once I started to study the history of photography it made sense to me then that's like, oh, interesting so- I just want to go back so I just want to ask you because I had the same reaction so as a student of photography when you're first getting into photography you had an idea in your head of what good photography was. Mm-hmm. And when you start to see these um, documentary photographers, what was your first reaction back then when you what? saw the photos? Oh, like when I saw the work of Bruce Gilden, it was like, you, can, you can't use a flash like that. Right. What you need to do is you need to, you need to hide the fact that you're using a flash and yep. it needs to be diffused properly and it needs to be bounced off something yep. and you can't show that you're using a flash, which yep. is preposterous. Yes. Utterly preposterous. Um, things had to be sitting in a frame in a, in a specific way. And yep. when you look at – there's a difference between how composition is taught and what composition actually is mm. because the comp- what composition actually is for me is a balance within the frame. It is right. not – hotspots and rule of thirds and yes. the golden mean and all of the things that we we are taught that's a good place to start yes but we have to learn that to then but that 
those rules of composition become law. And that's the way that it has to be done. And anything outside of that looks a bit messy because we don't understand it. I suppose it's the same as pop music and free jazz. Yes. You know, one is far more interesting, but it takes a while to understand it. Yeah. So. So, yeah. You, you, the first reaction is confusion, obviously, because this is not what I've been taught and what is this. <laughs> yes. But as you yes. get into studying and deeper and deeper into art history, then there's mm-hmm. the, the light comes on, right? You start going, ah, I get it now. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course it does. Um, you start to understand um, not just what photography is, but what photography can be and yeah. your place within that is there a moment though because i've had this experience the more you go deeper and deeper into what's happened before and then you Mm. realize what great photography is and what it can be do you then Mm. look at your own photos and go well (laughs) all my stuff's rubbish (laughs) Did you have that, um, like, a moment, or did you just go, I know what I need to do now to get to that next level? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. I think it's a realisation that it's very much the same way as life itself. Yeah. I think that once we realise what's going on, we have to then unlearn everything we've been taught up to that point. Yeah. But you need to um, learn the stuff in the first place, right? So had you, like, okay... If we go back and I could rewind time, Ian, and take mm-hmm. you back and clear your mind as well, so wipe it, so you're starting with <laughs> no knowledge, would you prefer to learn the skills and study mm-hmm. the history at the same time or would you just study the history and work it out for yourself, for you? I don't think knowing what I would you have know been now. interested. Yeah, knowing what I know now. I mean, I, I don't think I would have been interested in studying photography history if I didn't already have some sort of an interest in photography. Yeah. So I wouldn't have gone, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and study photography history. Yep. And then that will turn me into a photographer. Right. The idea of how it came about was I'll, I'm interested in photography. And I think from my point of view it was always it it got to a point maybe after four or five years I wasn't getting any better and I became bored Mm. that I had to find a way to get better at it right and once I decided to because I'm also interested in music and at the time I was not studying music but I was learning to play the guitar and it got to a point where it was like I have to choose one and once I chose photography all of my interest in music and music history and my kind of obsession tr- when moved over to photography. Right. So then I started to kind of, oh, well, maybe there, there's obviously more here. Because not being a very good musician helped me realize why I wasn't a very good photographer. Right. Because I didn't practice enough and I didn't study and I didn't understand it. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, going back, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's an odd thing to say, like, what would you have done differently? And mm. Like, I can't do anything differently because I'm here now and yeah. here's good. And yeah. I'm sure if I'd done something differently, I would be in maybe a different place, but that would also be good. So I think that we have to have, to be a good photographer, we have to have an interest in photography itself. And that's not being a good business person. That's not 
being somebody who's running a good photography business because people can do that with any without any understanding of what photography is in the history and where it came from yes because it comes down to running a business and that's not wrong that's just a different way of doing it that's a different version of photography um i just had to make something more meaningful right and once we got once i started to study photography I then came across the work of Martin Parr again, and it was like, man, I get it. Right. He didn't just. It's it's funny that it Martin's photography with others, it didn't just kind of show me what photography could be. That it fundamentally changed me as a human being. That pro process, and to then get an email from Martin. And get to know Martin ten years later, it's like that's that's good compliment for me. That's all the compliment I need for anything that I've ever done, yeah. and everything that came from that. None of what I've done, um, none of the successes or the perceived success, which we could get onto, <laughs> um, was by design. Yes, I was only interested in making good photography. I was interested in photography, and I only became concerned about my contribution to photography yeah but that's important you know and i think like you talk about this five years before you started going deeper into photography you know Mm -hmm. there's there's a point like the 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 first 80 percent of of becoming a photographer is learning how to use a camera how to expose you know the reflexes all of that and that you know to be Mm -hmm. just to be a competent photographer but the problem is a lot of photographers stop at that point at that 80 percent because when you get everything looking okay then it's just a matter of like i can just stay at this level and this is not just in photography i think this is in every discipline you know the Mm -hmm. next 20 percent that's where you've got to really work hard and it takes and and the and the the wins don't come as quickly for, you know it's a lot hard the work is a lot harder and so the things that you're talking about is like going mm-hmm. back and looking at uh, past photography and really looking at your own work and questioning it and wanting mm-hmm. it to be better i think mm-hmm. is really important but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of because the problem is you get working and if you if you fairly good there'll be a point where you just get start making money and then you get busy Mm -hmm. and you go well this is working Mm -hmm. what do i need to Mm -hmm. mess with this you know we need a global pandemic to slow everybody down and think it's really tough and i think you know (laughs) as much as this this pandemic has been awful for so many people Mm -hmm. that 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 moment that not everyone gets to have this forced sabbatical in their life and i think everyone you know it'd be beautiful a beautiful world if everyone could stop for a few months and just sit and mm-hmm. look stare at a wall indeed indeed that's it that it's it's definitely changed something within me if, and especially with my approach to weddings because once things start well so, so i get the email from martin park yeah we meet. He he's in Newcastle. I pick him up at the airport, which is surreal. Uh, we spend that <laughs> evening. Did you clean your car at least before you pick him up? Would you worry about what you were wearing? Were you that excited? No, not at all. I'm not really that kind of person. It's like uh, this is how it is. I think I'm a clean and presentable kind of person anyway, so <laughs> I don't need to overdo that. You know, maybe an extra squirt of links. Who knows? But um, so uh, and. That was surreal. And then the exhibition comes along, 
Uh, he offers me an exhibition, yeah. which, um, as far as we're aware, the first exhibition of wedding photography mm. in a fine art context yes. in the UK. It's amazing. Uh, and we really, I, I, I can't find anything else um, no. outside of the UK either that was um, uh, photographs that were made by the hired wedding photographer. Yep. So I was paid as a wedding photographer to go and shoot these gigs. Yep. And um, which, I mean, that's quite a... It's quite an achievement. It's I a think. massive achievement. It's, uh, a, it's, it's huge. It, it really is. Like, and so this is the thing. Like these, these moments come along in your career, you know. Were you, were you there for it or were you living th- six months ahead? Did you feel it? Did you enjoy it? Did you, were you, you know, because you look back and you go, wow, that was amazing. Is that what you were saying in the moment or were you too freaked out about the whole thing? Um, no, um, <laughs> there, um, I, I suppose I'm, I, I'm quite grounded, mm. and it was it was definitely something that I enjoyed. Uh, definitely something that uh, definitely something to be proud of. But I um, can't really. I'm not the kind of person who's going to linger on that yep. and constantly keep going. Oh, remember that time twenty years ago when I had an exhibition? The oh, glory I, I days. We, um, <laughs> we made a book uh, from it, yep. and uh, Martin wrote the foreword. Like my first photography book, which is wedding <laughs> photography, and Martin Parr writes the foreword. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's Very pretty cool. cool. But no, I mean, I, I am all for being in the moment. Uh, it's difficult um, to not try and um, think about what will come of it yep. and where this is leading. Mm. Uh, but we do have to rein that in and concentrate on what we're doing now in the same way that um i'm doing now at this time it's, i can't really think about the future too much no uh, i just have to do what i feel is um right now and um hey i mean it, it, it was a great time that was that was last year right and things went um yeah it went uh, gangbusters it, it was did. crazy we certainly didn't expect it we hit every major publication across the world yep um i was i was even on some australian breakfast television thing amazing which was, which was bizarre. Yeah. Um, uh, BBC World News, CNN. Huge, um, huge. And, yeah, I mean, we certainly didn't expect it to go as big as it did, but, um, yeah, it was insane. And there was a lot. I had people unfriend me. Uh, I had people send me wait, emails wait, wait, telling me wait, that my work unfriended was terrible. You? What, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Why? Yeah. Because um, they thought... Um, Oh, well, first of all, they didn't like it. Uh, well, it's green-eyed monster, isn't it? Yes. There's a bit of a jealousy. Okay. Yep. I had people sending me emails telling me that they thought my work was shit. Well, as in, um, not friends. Rude. These they're... are just like other photographers, or yeah, who, who people, were these other people? Photographers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible. Um, yep. It's uninventive. Uh, people are already <laughs> doing that. Who did I think I was bringing the wedding photography world who into did disrepute? You think you were? <laughs> my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, but I kind of like all that stuff. I think yeah, it's, of course it's, you it's, do. It's, it's all ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it was it it was kind of an odd. Uh, it, for me, it's odd uh, that people would um, react like that. Yeah. And I don't know. It happened again because we um um I shot a. A wedding on a mobile phone for Huawei. The, um, do you know right. mobile phones? Uh, y- yes, yes. So people would have um, hated that. Oh, really? So apparently, I was bringing um, the How craft of you? wedding photography How into disrepute. <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, man! Like, apparently, I sold out. I was like, I didn't buy in. What am I selling? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You've Ian Weldon sold out. What? Oh. Yeah. What? I got like paid to 
challenge myself to go and shoot a wedding on a mobile phone. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, all of the things that come from it, and uh, but obviously, way more good come from it than how people respond to it. And the 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 abuse that you copped, it's like there are people who like when they see someone else's success, it it highlights their lack of success and they're threatened by right. it. And that's why it's like, because mm-hmm. we go back to when we were all living in caves, we were part of a tribe. And whenever someone tried to leave the tribe, it was a threat to the rest of the tribe. So it's this, mm-hmm. um, you know, primitive reaction that they're having. That's yes, all it yes. is. And it just says like, you know, that scares me because it makes me feel less than because you're more than, which is the the, right. the dumbest reaction because it's like there is more than enough to go around. And the way to look at someone else's success is it should be celebrated because when you see one of us, you know, let's call us, we're all in a photography community, when one of us has this fantastic opportunity and is successful, mm-hmm. then that's possible for all of us. Like, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all boats. That's what I believe. And right, I think, right. you know, whenever I see someone doing great stuff, that makes me really happy because it means, mm-hmm. well, well, there's great stuff for everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, yeah, think, the, I, I think the phone thing, um, if, 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 all the photographers um, out there are not embracing mobile phone photography. They're crazy because mm-hmm. it's coming. And it's like the, you know, I, I, I can still remember the switchover from film to digital and mm-hmm. it was the same thing then. I, I went digital and everyone, I had all my peers saying, that's a ridiculous amount of money to invest in digital. You're crazy. Mm-hmm. This is not going anywhere. Film is where it's at. And um, that's a dumb thing to do. This is crap. And it was crap for the first couple of years, but then it right. got better. And well, people said the same thing about like crop-sensored cameras and mirrorless exactly. cameras. Exactly. No, they, the same <laughs> carry on about mirrorless. Oh, it's not a DSLR and it's not there yet. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it turned around. Mm. And, of course, you've got to like embrace the new technology or you're left behind as like a grumpy dinosaur saying it's not as good as the good old days you know right the good yeah. old so days the weren't that itself. great i i i yeah. there's no way i would go back to the anxiety of shooting film <clears throat> and of not knowing and like you know the the, the cameras were, were were crappy the focus was crap it was crap mm. it's much better yeah. now things move on things, things move on change. really they're all just tools so and that the, phone yeah. is a box with a hole in it. It's yes. just another camera. It's just and another the tool. Not They're all yeah. the same. It's, I agree a thousand percent, you know. And if, my God, if if going out on a shoot meant that I had, I'd have two phones, Ian. Like, you want to have a spare, right? And, yeah, right. And, yeah. And, yeah, and if that's what it well, took. Well, we had a moment, I think we had four and we were cycling through them. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Did you lo- use any? Because I've actually got an adapter and I, I haven't figured out how to work it yet. A Godox adapter that'll make my um, phone trigger a flash, an external right. flash. Um, right. I've had a go, but this, the shutter's not quite. Yeah, I just need to investigate it more. But like, that's. 
where everything's going. Like, you know, LED light is just going to get more and more powerful. I think flash yep. will be, like, going soon. It'll take a while, but, like, you know, and suddenly the, yeah. the sensors are so much better. You can just shoot available light. It's just... the it, The world just got better for photographers, I think. But what's happening is... There are guys like you that are out there that are going to get to that five-year mark and not settle and then do the hard work. And I think that the gap between the really great, like the world-leading photographers, and then the the average that will just stop at that five-year, it's just getting bigger, I think. And, the, and, and when they say there's like success are the ones that are going to keep working really really hard and not just going oh yeah but i did an exhibition with yeah Martin pa recognized me yeah. i picked him up from the airport and i'll just sit on that i don't need to do anything but it's like you're now i guess thinking deeper about the images and working harder right indeed i mean i'm it's i mean i'm, I'm always at odds with kind of uh, my motivation and the final product Mm. and I'm always trying to find a way to kind of bring those things closer uh, for for it to be more meaningful to me. And um, I don't know. This is – it's kind of thrown things up in the air a little bit, this uh, pandemic and the lockdown, because as I was saying, like shooting weddings, I was nearly done with that because I started moving it. I started getting picked up for some some more commercial work and not shooting weddings for so long has yep. made me think about how important that work is to me, how important that body of work is and how important it is to keep it going. And that's not just for me. That's for the couples that hire me to do what I do yep. for them because they don't want wedding photography. Yeah. And I think, which is something that I've kept away from or I've, I, I've never found a way to be comfortable within it, is it's important for the wider wedding photography community as well. Yeah, I agree. And is there – because I had a moment – um, maybe about 10 years ago where I just sort of changed my approach to how I will accept a gig or not because it's like mm. I think it's important when you're starting out particularly in that first five to ten years and it's like and I'm going to say five to ten years and there's people that are going to be listening to this saying is that how long it takes to get going yeah that's the reality it's and I've always well, said this that is yeah, the yeah. reality and there mm-hmm. are I know and I see that you can buy courses there are workshops that you can go on where the photographer six will tell you I can make you a six figure photographer in three months like me here yep. I am in, lying on my Lamborghini right we see those all the time but what you got to remember is the, those guys are making that six figure by selling those courses, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Do you so, know, it's it, it is all just self help industry. It just translates to everything else. Exactly. So you know, I think that it, 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 it's important to 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 remember that. And I've actually now forgotten the point of what I was saying. <laughs> the six figure photography, remembering that um, it's five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 10,000 hours if we yeah. want to. No, uh, yeah. but it's important to to just keep going and, um, you know, get beyond that, you know, and I think, Indeed. and that's uh, what I see you doing uh, for the industry and I think it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. Um, it, is a, it is, but it's funny when people say, well, you've shot a wedding on a mobile phone. That's because, as you mentioned, they're uncomfortable that they've spent thousands and thousands of pounds yeah. on gear and I'm Believing it's the gear that's going to get them. So their perception is now anybody can do it. Yeah. 
anybody could have always done it. No, That's the point. Yeah, but but yeah. it's like, and, and I I can remember my point now. So so coming in at that, you know, ten years ago, I, like at the start, I agree that you should do everything because you're not going to know what genre of photography really lights you up until you try everything. You might think you want to do this particular style. What did you start doing? You were doing white psych stuff at the start, right? Yeah. Because you thought yeah. that that's the photography you should do, but it, it, it gets kind of boring after a while that you're doing that sort of that work, right? And it's like I yeah. had that same experience. Like, you know, early on, everything I was doing, like I was just happy to be shooting and honestly, I loved it, right, until I didn't. And then there was a point where um, I remember uh, hearing someone say that um, whenever they make a decision about anything in life, when the question is asked, they listen to their gut. And if it's not, the reaction isn't, oh my God, yes, they don't do it. They say no. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to adopt that. And so I've adopted that mm-hmm. across the board now. So it's like if someone invites me out, if it's like, in, oh my God, yes, I really want to see you, then I'll go. And if, if it's not, yeah. then I won't. And it's the same with, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. with gigs now. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff that I just, I can go and do it, but I know I'm there and I'm hacking it out and I don't want to hack it out. I don't want to be real. And I saw enough of those photographers coming up. I assisted them. I saw them and they're like, all right, let's just get this over with, you know, stand there, do that, turn right, turn left. Okay, I'm done. And the energy was flat and it it translates in the photos. So Mm -hmm. um, how how do you keep that joy in the in creating the images? Well, I think there has to be a challenge involved. Yep. And it has to mean something. So it comes down to, I'm not just going to go out and shoot anything. And I I mean, I spend a lot of time just going out and photographing things because I have an interest in them. Yes. Because I want to know more about them. And I I think that's me more more than anything, just being a bit nosy and um, uh, having a need to learn about things and understand things. And people just get to see the pictures that I've took. Yep. when I went to find out about something. Yep. So for me, it's more a curiosity and an exploration of, I suppose, life really to understand what's around me in the hope in some way that will uh, console myself and I would understand myself a little bit more. And I think that's my drive um, as a photographer. But then the lines are becoming like, I don't, it's got to a point. We talk about people who just go and do the gig and I think, we could call them photographers and we have people who are curious and kind of need to create. We can maybe call them artists. Yeah. Because for me, it's not just one thing. Yeah. It's I, I use a camera, but I'm finding it more and more difficult to call myself a, a, any specific kind of photographer. Right. It's just like, I'm just going out to make pictures, but yeah. I'm also studying um, music and the piano since we went into lockdown. Oh, fantastic. And I see that as just another form of expression. It is. And I just, it's just me, for me, I just want to be able to kind of express myself. And I now have an opportunity to go back to music with more of an understanding of what it takes to be a good musician. Yeah. Oh, well, good musician ought to be good in my eyes. <laughs> when I'm surprising myself, that's when things are good. So I think um, the the artists that that have like the and I'll call, we'll call them artists because like look you can be a photographer 
and make a decent living and it's about putting food on the table paying the rent and and doing all of that and that's perfectly fine all right and there are a lot Mm. of people like that and it's like Mm. it's not about the art there is like the the the, the clients request the shot you deliver the shot Mm. and that's Mm. a lot you know in the commercial world but you know if if that's all you're doing then it, it does like it you need to feed the soul as well. And it's like, I know that I become really unhappy if that's the only thing that I do and I need to just um, feed me and find the things that I love to shoot and just just because, that shooting because. And so it's being internally motivated and it's like, I will shoot... I'm not going to share it to Instagram. It's for me. And it's like, I, I don't right, need to. Right. And, and because I don't need the, the external validation. And I think there is, um, I think that's really important that you have that internal drive to just make stuff, which is what, like for you, you could have easily, um, when you started to get more recognition as a wedding photographer, you could have cashed in, in so many ways that you didn't do yeah, like yeah, yeah. the workshops, yeah. um, mm-hmm just done everybody's wedding that you know because you had the name yeah. but you didn't mm-hmm. why why mm. uh, because I'm, oh, right education workshops i used to uh, lecture on photography history yeah um and that came about uh, the, well it, it, the quick story is uh, i started teaching some photoshop classes uh, i was interested in photography history i had a friend who worked at the college um, the guy who did the photography history went off ill for a while um, and said, I know you're interested in, do you want to come and stand in for this? And then I sort of redeveloped the whole course over a two-year, um, um, like a two-year curriculum I made on, on photography history. And that really honed my um, understanding of what photography was during that time. Once when I stopped doing that, I did try, I, did, I, I, I always kind of do some sort of one-to-one or mm. run like a beginner photography uh, course sort of locally. And as far as workshops were concerned, I'd, I was involved in a couple, but it wasn't, I didn't feel that the people were getting anything from yep. it or what they should get from it well, so it started to turn into oh well we'll do this like half a day on business and then we'll do album design and layout yeah. it's not about business it's not about album design yeah. it's about photography yeah so until i find i'm actually talking with somebody at the moment and we're hashing this out so and until i find a way that i feel that people are going to get more than what they paid for i'm not really happy doing it yeah it's yeah, you've got to find a way to teach what you do and it's not like here's where the light goes, here's where I stand and this is the moment that I right. take because it's like that's that's also an issue. There are a lot of workshops where it's like everything's set up and it's all about um, you go home with a beautiful photo but it's like you don't actually know how you got it and it's also the photo right. is a carbon copy of the person that's taught you. So you can get some little gems but I don't know. Like for you, I think it would be more like um, spending a, a, like a, a long time watching it's the kind you. of project development really that's, yes that's, that's it has to be a bigger into. i think it has to be a bigger yeah. thing f- for you like yeah. a, a longer time yeah. and um you know i think your assistants would be very lucky to be able to observe you and see that and then you know see see what what develops out of that but i think it's important that older photographers 
do give back to the community and and sort of teach some skills so we can you know bring the younger ones up and uh you know hopefully create like other ians out there not necessarily a copy of your style, but well, do you get what I mean? I, I always, I always, yeah, I always try to promote individuality and then people yeah. come back with photographs that look a little bit like mine, but they're not. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, be individual, like in your own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I can show, I can um, show people the steps or the things that have inspired me. Yeah. And kind of these are the tools and here are some ideas. That's the basic. That's how I think it should be taught. Yes. Exactly. Here's the tools. This is how the tools work, and here are some ideas. Exactly, but they can't. I and mean, you need like, to start pushing them together. Because the thing is, we can't be competent musicians without understanding some basic ideas. Yes. You know. But <laughs> then you have, need to do yeah. the scales every day. It's the monotonous stuff that the good stuff yep. comes from. So it's doing. And the, then you get a breakthrough. And yeah. then you and then you start to develop your own style, and it's and it's also you know you see the greatest musicians in history are the ones that went you know beyond, and they went to India, and they go to all over, and they study all different genres of music, and then somehow they they and the stuff that interests them, and then from there they get their own unique style, and they're the you know the right. great ones, right. and then there's these other ones that are just sound like everybody else, else kind of thing yeah, and they might anybody. have a little bit of success early on mm. but it mm. can't be you can't sustain it when it's you're just a copy of everyone else and i think that's my point that's the point i try and make a lot is it's like it's great to learn and be influenced by mm. others but then at some point you've got to keep doing the work do the work do the work and then eventually from there you, you get that breakthrough and you you know because you didn't shoot right. the way then you, you shot start beating when you... down your own path and yeah. then you don't need to take inspiration from exactly. all the groups. you don't need to constantly look at photography exactly. you can then start branching out i mean uh, with, with photography um come with photography history comes art history yes so i mean i have a keen interest in like uh, uh, do you know sit marcel Duchamp and mark yes. rothko and people like paul clee yeah you know, the, these artists that have kind of ideas and it's beyond what it is that they do. Yes. And it becomes expressionist. So if we start, um, for me, once I got to a point that was like, all right, I, <laughs> I can do it. I can do the photography thing. That's when the, that's when the hard work comes. Exactly. Like, as we say, we get to a point where it's like, okay, I can do photography. Yep. Now what am I going to do with it? Exactly. That's the point that we need to get. We need to ask that question. There needs to be a point where we ask that question, that what am I going to do with it? Exactly. So, And that um, could take 10 years to get there. Exactly, and that's perfectly fine. It could take 20, it could take 30. But of the course. good of news course. is the longer you do this for, the better you get. You know, it's not one of those. Yes. It's not like yeah. playing rugby or soccer where, you know, at 30 or whatever, you're that's it, it's over. Um, yeah. you'll just get better is, and, and because you get more life experience as well, you see the world differently as you, as you mm -hmm. were talking about. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you, Ian, so there was this transition where I know you started as a commercial photographer. Then you found your feet in that, that documentary genre. And then from there, mm -hmm. you started getting commercial work again. What was that like for mm -hmm. you? Were you, were you commissioned to the, where they just said, Okay, here's the brief. We need you to get these yep. photos, but do you just grab them as a document? Do it. Do you think yes. a lot harder because the event isn't unfolding in front of you, is it? You've got 
people that you need to direct and how does that transition work for you? How did you find it and, and how, how do you work around it? How do you shoot commercially as a documentary sort of photographer? Right. So when, with all of the exposure that came through the exhibition in the book, um, obviously the work got in front of the eyes of art directors, yeah. uh, ad, ad agencies, um, and that kind of thing. So I get a call. They, everything that I've taken on is they've contacted me and said, we've got this idea. We want you to come and do it the way that you do it, which is the perfect place to be the, with everything. The, the best news any photographer can ever have. <clears throat> if they were contacting me, it was exactly the same with weddings. Yeah. If somebody contacted me and said, I want it to look like this, 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 and this, well, you've got the wrong guy. Yeah. And I, I, I approach everything in exactly the same way, right. whether it's a, a personal project, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a commercial project. Um, I apply my knowledge of photography and my understanding of what it is that I'm doing with my own morals and compass to that thing. Yep. Um, directing, we, we shot a, a campaign for Hampton by Hilton Hotels. Yep. I, there was no other way. Okay, there is some direction because there, um, there is, there will be the art director, and there'll be somebody from the ad agency there. We have to make sure that we get the shots, so there is some production. Yes. As far as people need to know where they, we need to know where people are going to be at whatever time. So we you know we need to get these shots, so we need to be there to get these shots. So they're giving you a backdrop. They're like, okay, so this is the angle that we we, we need to capture this foyer, let's say, right? Right. And we're going to have um, models or actors come in, right? So or are they the real people? With the Hampton, what happened with the Hampton gig is they wanted me to document life in a hotel for the weekend. <sighs> They contacted people who were attending the hotel, so we had no actors. Uh -huh. uh, the same with the wedding, the same with the Huawei um, shoot. That was yes. a real wedding. Yes. Uh, we found, we did the research, and we found a couple who were willing to let us do it and film it. And um, in the same way that we did with the other commercial gig, we found people who were going to be there. Right. So there was... Um, uh, Morris dancers. There was a gang of Morris dancers there. There was two families visiting because they go to see the football every weekend or however often football is played. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, so like local teams, there was um, a group of people attending a conference uh, that was happening close by. So we just made contact with them and said, listen, this is what we're up to. Would you be happy just being photographed going about your day? And that's how it was. So right, what time are you getting ready? Do you mind us being in there? Can we come in? Well, yes, of course you can. So I would shoot it in exactly the same way that I would shoot anything else. So they're all they're all signed off. Like they've all agreed mm -hmm. that they'll they'll do it. And uh, yeah. just everyone, I'm going to be walking around. Just it's, is there a moment where they may be playing up to the camera, or like because they're obviously aware of you, they're going to be in a campaign. How do you get them yeah. to please don't? Please don't act or do anything. Just in exactly be yourself. the same way as I do with the wedding. I right. just, I just so, tell people, you just get on with it and ignore me. And so eventually, do they just forget you're there? Yeah, and that's that's kind of how it works. And it's the same approach with everything that I do. It's like, I'm going to be here. You just get on and do what you want to do. And people very quickly will just get on and do what um, they are doing anyway. And I, I, it's no more complicated than that, really. Yep. My approach to photography is kind of, <laughs> although that it's it's a simple approach, but it's 
quite a complicated process to get to that simple approach. Hey, the same as anything, isn't it? How hands-on were the, the client and the art director? Are they there or did they just go, okay, go and bring the shots back? Are they are they? It's, review- a, case, it's a case of just go. Um, yep. Obviously, we have a, um, a village set up um, where they um, uh, have an assistant that will cycle through memory cards, uh, yep. upload pictures, and they just look at them as they go. It's not, we, we were there for a whole weekend. Nothing was really rushed about it. There was no yep. time frame. And we just needed to make sure that we knew where people were at certain times. Yep. And I approached it as if I were, say, Hampton by Hilton, without any cameras, without any, um, with, with, without the actual, the need for this uh, commercial, so to speak, had said to me, or I had approached them and said, can I come and document a weekend in one of your hotels? That's exactly how we went about it. Yeah, fantastic. And so with the BBC, you've had quite a few mm-hmm. gigs with them. Did that do, work yeah. in the same way? Because you're working with actors now. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're going to always be aware or they're, you know, this is it is it like that, that once you're with them for a while, they just actually forget you're there? Pretty much, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, what we do, especially if it's, I mean, behind the scenes stuff, behind the scenes stuff. Yes. I can just go and I, yep. I can just go and get that. But for um, like icon images that will be used on, like yep. for advertisement yep. and uh, iPlayer and things like that, um, these kind of show, what the actors will do anyway. It's it's that's a difficult job because you have to get in and get your moment when you can because nobody's waiting around for you it's the hardest job in the world that one because you're the low you're the you're the bottom of the call sheet you're the absolutely something that they stepped in no respect (laughs) (laughs) it's not that they don't have any respect is you you're just not important but you've really got to. i I actually think that that job if you want to um thicken your skin and develop yeah. good cojones yeah. as a, a mm. photographer, become a stills photographer early on yeah. and mm-hmm. learn to fight for your shot and, um, yeah. you know, learn to be scrappy and I, I kind of, it's a high because when you get something, you, you feel Amazing, like, yeah, I really yeah. earned that. I earned it because you've got to work mm. it. You've got to, you've got cameras in your backs and you've got to watch out for you. Mm. you you're aware of everyone that's around you. And there's like, yeah. it's just, it's sneaking in. It's like milliseconds or a second to get that shot. So you really hone your reflexes. Did you, you enjoy that experience? Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. It's good. But I learned like at first it was just like trial by fire. Yeah. Um, and the constant like, like I'm, when can I get the shot? But then you have to build a relationship with like the first AD. And, and that's it. You learn that as well. You go, all right. Yeah. So I, I, there's no point fighting everyone for this. If I, mm-hmm. and this is life. This is a, like a life Absolutely. lesson. It doesn't, it's not about like forcing your way, you know, forcing things to happen. But if you, if you have a great relationships, which you can't just, because I've tried this, Ian, rocking up to the set on the first day. I brought chocolates for all the crew, uh, you know, <laughs> and hey, that. I'm here, I'm new here. They still made me, They, they it's like a baptism of, you know, you, you need to earn it. It's like you, you're yeah, not just going to walk on here and get your way. You have to mm-hmm. um, earn that respect and develop those relationships. And then you find that once you've got there, then you can sort of just mm-hmm. glance over at the AD and say, now? And they'll go, yeah, hang on, hold the set, hold the lights, go. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And they give yeah. you more time, think, don't they? 
Yeah, I found as well, like a, a, a good way that I've found to work uh, with pretty much everything is each scene is going to be shot multiple times. Yes. And if you build that good relationship with your uh, first AD, because he's kind of, he's the guy on the ground, really. Yep. Um, and if you build a relationship with him, like it, nearly everything now that I do like that, I just make sure that they know that for at least one through, at least at least one run through of that scene, I'm going to be there near the, near the DOP or around that area. Exactly. So I can shoot um, in my way on set while things are happening. Yep. Uh, I'll shoot the scene while things are happening. But then when I'm on for that scene, when they stop the recording, I can just take two steps forward and go, just stay there two seconds. I can ask them to run a bit through the scene, stare at the camera, sit, stand, before somebody goes, get out the way. <laughs> Yeah, and that takes courage as well, and you don't have that yes. at the start. Like at first, you're just too scared because it's quite uh, overwhelming a set. There are so many people there. It's very, yeah, very intimidating. People, yeah. And you've got mm-hmm. and everyone like you know that you're holding everyone up. But again, it's just like the more you do it, you sort of you thicken your skin, and you know that you know yeah. it's important that you're there and uh, mm-hmm. you get the shot. But also developing relationships with actors. I found if you've got all mm-hmm. of them on side, then going to give you some stuff yeah. like they'll they'll just they'll stay they'll hold and you can even ask them to as well and did you yeah. do a lot of stuff when they were blocking as well do you try and grab some stuff then when they're working um, out where, they they're, how, where they're blocking out the shot so they're working out where they're going to place actors like that's a really good time to get great photography on on set yeah, so yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. That's, well, you just any opportunity like yeah. take the opportunity when you can. You could be stood doing nothing for an hour, and then all of a sudden you've got thirty seconds to get it's the job done. It's all happening, going. yeah. I and think... then you do nothing else for another half an hour, and then <laughs> so it's kind of you've got to be on your toes constantly, yeah. Um, whether you're working or not, but that's just being aware of your surrounding. It's the same as everything else, and yeah. like, I mean, oh, we everybody talks about building relationships, and I see it. Uh, we were talking about workshops, yeah, and I see that. You've got to build a relationship with your client, and I yeah. think that that fools people into thinking they have to be something other than no. they have to be somebody else to then get on with people. No, that doesn't, doesn't work, work either. Like that. That, 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 look, people see ourselves. through that. There's, it's like you know, yeah. you know. It's like when you go in to see to buy a car, and mm-hmm. you, the, oh, the salesman yeah. comes out, and if he's smarmy. Like, you know, and he's asking you, oh, you know, is this you? And all those fake questions, you see right through that. But when you get someone who just, you know, that they, they actually, they care about you personally and they, you know, they, they want, and they'll, they'll tell you, it's that, but you can develop those relationships, you know, uh, the hard way or, or, or do it like over a lot. Playing the long game, I think, is really important. And, yeah. Well, uh, I think it's about authenticity and it, our motivation exactly. and who we are. Exactly. And if we have that, if everybody worked in that way, some people would realize that, okay, they're not cut out for this kind of photography. I can't do it because I have to be somebody else to do that. And I think if we go back to the question about like the wedding photography and how I just stick to what I was doing, it was I couldn't do it the other way. That wasn't me. I had no, to do it, it didn't it, like, work for the, And, the and this is who you are. Them. And it's like, you know, I imagine you being, um, you know, part of the, the day and enjoying it and uh, having much. a laugh with yeah, people. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And then that's why they they actually forget you're there. And this is all stuff that it's like it's not a matter of turning it off and on. It's like you that's who you are. And I think you attract yeah. who you are as well. So if you're, <laughs> you know, you hear people saying, oh, everyone in my life is an a-hole, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know that. Well, there's a. What's the common denominator? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. I think that's great. Fan, uh, fantastic. And so, what, what? What's next for you? What's um? What are you plan? Like, so you're doing the personal projects. Uh, you've been mm-hmm. like, I see you with um, uh, like the bodybuilding stuff, and um, yes. you've been doing some stuff like all sorts of stuff. What's new? What's What's next? Um, well, I just came back from when we went into the first lockdown. The Face magazine sent out to all of their contributors. Uh, the they were doing a weekly lockdown portrait feature. Yep. yep. And uh, because I was the furthest north that they had, they were keen to get something. Um, and I put out a call on our local forum on the estate. And this drag queen just lives around the corner. Yeah. So um, he got all dressed up into full drag yeah we did talk about doing some like working on a project around the drag scene in newcastle and that never happened Uh and what did happen is he got a job as part of another show in turkey so i went out to turkey for Uh, a couple of days this was only a few weeks ago yeah 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 fantastic So, uh, yeah, uh, which was problematic in itself. Yeah. Uh, I had to cut, the, things changed. They kind of, their show got closed down and um, the Turkey was taken off the UK fly list. Oh. But it was that persistence that I had to go and shoot something. I couldn't just, like, I couldn't not do it if the opportunity yeah, was there. Yeah, of course. So there's, there's that work that I'm sort of editing now, but I'm going to, I'll have to take a little bit of time to see, because I've changed the camera system as well. Oh, what, so, so everything what? looks different. So I'm trying to figure out how to how 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 to make it look like me again. <laughs> what were you? What were which you? Which is a bit what, weird. What were you using, and what have you gone to? I had a Fuji. Yeah. Um, X Pro. So I'm pretty much for the last six or seven years, um, I've shot a Fuji X Pro whatever version mm-hmm. with a um, with a 27 millimeter lens. Right. And now I've gone to a Sony A7 something, Three, A7 III, with or whatever a 24 70. Ah, so I've gone back to the zoom. Oh, zoom. I tell you what I do like. I've switched back to that full frame, yeah. and it reminds me of my old Canon pictures from like six years yeah. ago. But yeah. now I have an understanding of what it is that I'm doing. So it's <laughs> it's like good photography with that sort of full frame aesthetic. And, it's, it's bizarre. I'm enjoying the nostalgia. I'm enjoying the nostalgia. And zoom. And a zoom, yeah. And are you using up, the man. zoom, like, or I can't are just you just using? Am I using it? Yeah. yeah are you zooming, or are you using your feet? I've just been a both. All right. Just <laughs> whatever just changing, it takes. I'm, whatever it takes. I'm just changing it up and using – it's just a tool. And, like, yeah. the more that we – like, I Exactly. Think, it's going to take me a while. Yeah. I'm getting there with it. Do you feel a bit clumsy a while, with it? Also, Do you feel a bit clumsy with yeah, that yeah. in your head? And is that maybe, like, a good thing too? Because it's like, I don't know, like having a new girlfriend, I guess. It's all new and exciting. Well, <laughs> all clumsy and – yeah. No, well, what it is, it, it feels differently. It makes me – I don't know. It's making me think about what I'm doing more and Do learning more, to use a different it's tool not, is going to. I guess yeah, it's skill. a real challenge. I found the same thing when I um, uh, started using the Fuji after years of using a Canon. I felt like a klutz, but you know what? It worked to my advantage because I use the Fuji for a lot of my personal projects. And if mm-hmm. I'm a pro- a- approaching a random stranger with that tiny camera, and then I'm a bumbling fool with it. It really mm-hmm. puts them at ease because they don't take me seriously. I, right. I quite right. like that. I quite like going back to that. It was a nice state to be in because then I've got to like work out. I, I, I don't want to be in that state for long. So I then spend mm-hmm. more time shooting so that it becomes the extension of your hand again and, and then it's all intuitive. Yeah, of 
you know? Of course. And it looks different. It's going to take a while for me to... Um, I, with the Fuji files, I knew exactly how they were going to look. I knew... But yep. because these look different out of the box... Yep. I then have to find out how it should look for me. Who and knows? If, Maybe I'll just try and make them look exactly like the Fuji files that I've been shooting. Is that what years. you're trying to do or are you trying to take it in a new direction? So let, let, well, let just, that dictate where it goes kind of thing. I'm kind of letting, I'm trying to let it go in a new direction. I'm yeah. trying to let it go. On. There, there are a couple of things that I'm doing as far, like a lack of post-processing is becoming more my thing. Really? Yeah. I'm so, trying so to do. Set it all up yeah. in camera and just nail it and then a, like a little tweak. Pretty much. It's mm. kind of like at the moment, my Lightroom workflow is a, a Adobe Color, uh, a little bit of contrast and highlights down a little bit, sync everything. That's just, that's how everything looks now. Yeah. I actually so just did that for a job too. Camera yeah. To then build on how it should look. Yeah. That's, that's great. And it's like, it's the image. It's not the post-production, I guess. Of course. It's the content. Yeah. And it's not even that. It's not even that, to be fair. It's my relationship to the subject. To the subject. It's the energy in the photo. Yeah. It's the stuff that and, you can't... Well, I mean, can't... go down a whole philosophical route <laughs> as to whether the process itself requires the end product. Is it the process that I'm interested in or is it the end product? And, uh, well, well, then again, that's, the are you internally or externally motivated? If you don't need the end result, then it's, it's 100%. In, that's pure. Then it's 100% internally motivated. It's the, the act of doing, but you don't even need to load the card in because you've done it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Because it's not, it's, well. I it's dare you I to have an exhibition from... of empty frames. I dare you, because <laughs> it's like the photographs no. I could have had. <laughs> no, they're, 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 these are the photos that I, I, I um, these are my ideal photo, the per, I, the perfect <laughs> exhibition. Because <laughs> you'll never put yeah. anyone off. So, what, um, have What's you happening? thought? All oh, right. You... Well, there's a, there are, there's actually a thing. Uh, I don't before what. The podcast. The podcast has been on hiatus for a while. Yeah. We did two years, 60 episodes. I think it was good. But what I didn't want to do was carry on having, I don't know, maybe the same conversations over and over again yeah. and having the same structure and, yeah. like, really, where was it going and what what was it for and yeah. all of that. kind. So I had a little bit of a crisis with that, and it's been on hiatus. But the idea was to produce some um, a short documentary series, like a video series. Oh, amazing. Um, 20 minutes of photographer and... Um, I don't really want to go into it too much, yeah. but I think, in a way, we we there's something happening with that now. Brilliant. So, let's see. Still with because um, with Bradley. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, um, Bradley was only on the podcast until about halfway through. Maybe. Oh, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just it 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 was. I needed to change. I needed to shake yeah, it up and try a different direction. So it was a case of like. Well, now I need to go and try to do it alone. Okay. So that's, so that's, that's in the works and you've got your personal projects. Okay. In an mm -hmm. ideal world, we, this whole, the, the borders all open around the world. We mm -hmm. can all travel again. What, what's your ideal year look like? If you could just f fantasize, what is it that you want a <laughs> mix of doing the commercial projects, do you want to do more exhibitions? Would you just be happy to not, just wander and Gina, shoot? I'm not interested in exhibitions and right. books. Okay. That just that just happened. Yep. 
you know, <laughs> which is great. And I'm, as I said, very proud of that. Yep. And, um, but that was never by design. It's, it's not about that. So for me, I would shoot a couple of commercial projects, yep. um, which would give me some cash. Yes. I would shoot a couple of weddings still. And with the money I could earn from that, I would then go out and shoot personal projects. I would just constantly find things. I would travel the world and shoot things that are of interest to me. That's perfection. That's exactly how <laughs> that's I'd it. do it too. That's, that's yeah. you know, so you're working to live. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Brilliant. I think that's a perfect that's, point yeah, to finish. I'm doing, I'm doing whatever I want in the hope that it would earn me enough money to do whatever I well, want. Well, that's my definition of success. <laughs> It, yeah. My definition of success is that you set your life up in such a way that you've got the freedom to wake up and do exactly what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good point to end this on. And spread on. the love a bit, man. Spread and the love spread, a bit. Of course. And, uh, you know, help each other. And, you know, when, when, when you see someone successful, then be, be happy for them because, you know, that, that all comes back. It all comes back. Uh, Ian, mm -hmm. always amazing to chat with you and uh, I just wish you nothing but continued success and I'll be continuing to uh, watch your journey and uh, you know I see uh, I see a really bright future for you I'm excited for you thank you very much Thanks, you too I'll thank be reciprocated you. and I do hope things get brighter thank you Wow, okay Ian Weldon that was really cool and it's great mm. to catch up to see Ian's progress and journey yeah, over the last amazing. three years. Very so exciting. So if you want to check him out, go to ianweldon.com. And also he has an Instagram uh, account, Ian J. Weldon on Instagram. So definitely check him out there. All right. So we're almost at the end of this week's episode. What are you doing in the coming week, Gina? All right. Well, I've got the um, AMA with the gold community members uh yes. coming up this week i've also got a shoot at the end of the week and then i'm out and about val i'm all over the place i'm just like right. the birds out of the cage now so <laughs> i'm free just enjoying the beautiful weather and uh also you know obviously my new favorite obsession sas australia and i'm yes. sorry for the rest of the world listening but there, there is ways that you can find stuff um online and 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 access you know i'm not sure it, does the network that it's on do they stream to other regions in the world I don't, don't think so. I don't think so at this stage yeah but i mean people in europe certainly in the uk will be very familiar because um the uk version of the show is sas uh, who dares wins and mm. that's been going for five years i think so uh yeah people in the uk will be very familiar with the show yeah what are you doing val what am i doing well i'm actually making uh wallpaper backgrounds for you so that you can um, include them in some tutorials so that uh listeners can use the wallpaper backgrounds in for their images and portraits and stuff Fantastic. like that so awesome. i'm busy doing that I and they look am, beautiful. Thank you. I'm going to make more. So I've only started, just sort of started, and I've become a bit obsessed. Mm. Uh, so You, um, Val, becoming obsessed? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm also practising my cello. <laughs> oh, how's that going? So how many lessons have you had now? I've had 
two lessons? I've had two lessons. Yo-Yo Ma is your teacher, is that right? No, not Yo-Yo Ma. Couldn't get. Sue, her name is. Mm. But she was with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, of course. Um, But Yo-Yo Ma is in another hemisphere Mm. and we can't travel. Right. um, But I I can play Twinkle Twinkle (laughs) and I can play Advanced Australia Fair. Yeah, and I'm working my way up to the Four Seasons by Vivaldi, but I'm not. Of there course, yet. you are. <laughs> That's amazing, Val. And it's like you know, I'm not one to brag, but um, I, okay, I'm going to share with you. I can play. Go. I can play Mary had a little lamb on the recorder. Well done. We can do off, it. Off by heart. <laughs> We could. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do a recording of Mary Had a Little I don't Lamb? Think I'll needs play to the hear recorder this. and you do the, the cello. That'd be no beautiful. one needs to hear this. We'll release My it aim. as a next, the next, um, what's our next milestone? Three, uh, 400? 400. That's, a, that's a year and a half away. In a year and a half, we could improve. We could, yeah. Mm. Um, no, I want to play um, ACDC on the cello. Oh, um, am I ever going to see your face again? Yes. Every Australian's killing themselves <laughs> laughing. <laughs> so, Best um, line ever. I, uh, I will get better at cello. I'm still but, very, very okay you know, at Val, the start so, of my journey. Mm. So Hamilton, the musical, is yes. um, has just been cast in, in Australia. Australia. Extraordinary yes. cast, amazing, yes. very, very exciting. Mm. Is there any chance that perhaps you could apply to be in the orchestra for Hamilton? Well, yeah, I'd, somehow I don't think I'll get in. Well, when is it? When's this? When's it start? When does Hamilton start? Um, I think start? rehearsals start in January, and the um, it starts performances start in March in Australia. Okay, so you have got two months to get up to speed. <laughs> when when are auditions for the orchestra? I suspect I could, they're already sorted. Do you reckon they need a recorder player? <laughs> no. <laughs> Should we start our own Hamilton then? Do you want to I, write a musical? The recorder yeah. and and the cello. <laughs> I know. I've played the recorder on stage at the opera house. Not a joke, even. Right. <laughs> so you've got experience then, Val. Yeah. So it's do it's totally doable. So all right. So why don't we um, book the uh, the opera house for this okay. time next year? And what do you want to call the musical? Do you know, I'm not even joking, I happen to know that somebody did book the Opera House to perform in the concert hall mm. and there were six people. Really? So you can do it? Like you can book, yeah, you can. You can book it for weddings and things like that. I know a couple that are getting married there. So you can book the actual stage and then, Val, we could do a world tour off the back of that. <laughs> For our musical. Okay, we've now gone down a rabbit hole that listeners probably don't No one's listening. It's just you and I left. No one switches off when we say, and that was what this episode was about. There is no (laughs) one listening. And if anyone is listening, the code word, recorder. Recorder. Let us know. Let us know if you listen to the end. Where do we find you online, Gina? 
I'm at Gina Militia. Uh, no, GinaMilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And you can find me um, with my recorder at the <laughs> Opera House. I'll also be uh, touring around Australia. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then do check out the Gold Community. You can find it at GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.